Hey, everybody. Welcome to Connectivity 206. Uh, Nick died, so I'm the Captain Toad now. Uh, I'm Adam Abunasser, and I'm joined by Donald Terrio. Ready for adventure! Oh, wow. And uh, Brian Rose. What's up, everybody? So, yeah. Um, we're going to talk about video games. Um, Donald said that he's been playing video games, so... Donald. Yeah, I've got a couple of things here that uh, there should be reviews up for this for Nintendo World Report by the time you hear this. At least I think there will be. Uh, what what I just got, although I haven't started yet, uh, Zero Escape Three Zero Time Dilemma. Oh. And but I've been putting most of my time the last couple of days into Tokyo Mirage Sessions. That game. I mean, it looks weird. It looks very much like um, something Atlas would put out, aside from a, a Fire Emblem. You know, it doesn't look like a Fire Emblem game, but how does it play? Does it play like Persona? Does it play like um, at more Atlas kind of style? Like, what what is it exactly, I, I guess? It's, it's very much an Atlas RPG, except they've added some Fire Emblem influences into it. Like, you have the Fire Emblem... The, the the level up sound is the Fire Emblem one, but you basically have a, a Shin Megami Tensei stat system. Uh, there's a weapon. There's weapon triangles in the game as well, so that carries over from Fire Emblem. It's it's pretty. It's basically they've put two. They've put the two things together and they've come up with something that's wholly. It, it's supposed to be wholly original, but it does hew very cl- very close to Persona, just without as much of the social aspect of it. Now the the Shimigami Tensei games have like a an element circle. Um, is does this have that, or does it just have the weapon circle? It has both. Okay. So you so you have the what you have enemies have different types of weapons that they're weak to, which is actually something that happens in Shimigami Tensei as well. But there's a there is like an elemental chart as well, and once you and as you use different types of attacks on enemies. You'll fill them in, and it eventually will just reveal everything that they're weak to, resist, nullify, whatever. Okay. Um, how's the story? I know it's supposed to be, like, super Japanese, but is it too Japanese? Uh, it's not for me. Like, it's not too Japanese for me, but I kind of have some interest in, like, the Japanese idol industry, which is what the, uh, what this is based in anyway. Because you're you're trying to take your characters through as they try to become ultra popular actors, singers, dancers, whatever, and it's it is very Japanese. There's been some interesting interesting moments here early on with uh, because the dungeons are basically they crash a concert for the first two. Oh, so you're you're basically trying to work your way through that, but. A lot of the like the character development comes doesn't come in the main chapters except for like your female main character. The, a lot of that is built out in side stories that you do in between the main chapters of the game. Okay, and so how, I have a oh, go ahead, Adam. How how far would you guess you are? Um, right now, as of this recording, I'm about fifteen hours in. I'm hopefully going to be about forty forty five by the time you hear this enough to write the review, but. Uh, I'm in chapter three right now, and I th- I can't recall if it's nine or eleven chapters that are in this game altogether. My question to you is: Is this something that's going to appeal to Fire Emblem fans? Because it 
I could see people who like that list style of RPGs, I can see them getting into this because it's kind of like that. But as somebody who's really into Fire Emblem more than uh, Persona or Shin Megami Tensei, um, I, I mean, w- does this appeal in any way to Fire Emblem fans, or is this more of a um, Atlas influence? It's it's more of an Atlas influence. It's more of an Atlas game. I mean, a lot of the Fire Emblem references come, they're basically little sly references and fan service. And it's real, so far, it's really focused on the original game or Awakening. Hmm. Like, I, like, all the bosses I fought so far had, were bosses that were in, in Fire Emblem Awakening. So, okay. there's a, um, so if you're, if you were really into the characters in those games, like your main character's main Fire Emblem reference is Krom. Except he happened to lose his memory somewhere along the line. So Of course. Yeah, yeah. it's a Japanese RPG. We can't go we can't go five minutes without Amnesia. But yeah, if like if you enjoyed Shadow Dragon and Awakening, you'll probably dig this. But it you have to understand you're not getting a strategy RPG in any any sense of the word. You're getting a lot of, you're getting a regular RPG with a lot of fire up trappings in it. I mean, what if I don't care about Fire Emblem, but I had fun with, like, half of Persona 4? Would I enjoy this game? Yeah, because the, there's not as much of the... Was it the social half or the dungeon half that you enjoyed? Um, The first half. I kind of, like, you know, it's an RPG, so you only play half you know, of it and then you get tired. Me. Same with me. I really like the social aspect, but, you know, just crawling around dungeons are, is kind of boring to me. That's why I haven't gone back into it. Yeah, because there's a persona. Yeah, there. I mean, the du- the dungeons aren't that long, so you won't. I don't think you'll get as bored of them as you might have with some of the later persona dungeons. Are are they but, are they randomly generated? And is there only like one song in the game? Uh, they are not randomly generated. They are locked in, and the music does change for each one. Is it like so, good music, or is it like boom, 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 like? Yeah, it's the it's same really good bassy song over and over again. It, it's really good music, and you don't. And they're like and the ones I've done so far have been pretty short, so it doesn't have time to really get annoying. Cool. Okay, and then so, your other game. Did you say you haven't started it yet? Um, I just got like I got the code today, and okay. it. I I recently replayed its two prior games to get ready for this, just to make sure I was squared on the story. So I think I think I'm ready for it, but it's not going to take me 40, 50 hours to be able to say I can review this like it will with Tokyo Mirage Sessions. So I'll probably start it when we're done here and hopefully get get far enough into it. Because one thing is a lot of this game is going to be centered around the story and for ver- for obvious reasons, they don't want us talking about the story before launch. Um. Or, after launch, even you said you just played the first two. Can you talk about those? Because I've never really played that series like at all. Yeah the uh, the first two there were nine. It's called nine 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 or nine hours, nine persons, nine doors on the DS, and then Virtue's Last Reward on the 3DS and Vita. Uh, they are visual novels with a lot of time skipping elements into them that occasionally break it up with a puzzle puzzle that basically plays under adventure game rules so you're going you're going through this 
you're trying to solve this, get to this golden ending in each game. And to do that, you have to play through in the first game. It's, you have to try different combinations of escape rooms to get to the golden ending eventually. And then in the second game, you're taking different, you're making different decisions at various points to, to unlock certain things that will eventually get you to that golden ending. So is this a series where I would have to play all the other series just to like understand this latest one, or is this something where I could just go in and it would be easy to play? I th- I think the idea is that you at least would want to play the second game first because it explains the first one. At least everything you need to know gets explained at some point in the story. It, was that one on the Vita? Because I, fr- I got one on PlayStation Plus for free. I'm not yeah. sure which one that is. Yeah, there, there. That was the second game on the Vita, okay. Virtue's Last Reward. So, if you have that, I would, I would dig it out. I was able to beat it in a few days, but I was also playing it constantly, like even yeah. during work when I'm working from home. <laughs> so, now, is yeah. is there a way to get the first one, or is it just tracked down in DS card? Um, was it re-released right, anywhere? Right now, the as of this recording, the only way to get it is the DS or there's an iOS version, I believe, that just doesn't have the puzzle elements in it. It just has the story. Oh. So if you wanted to catch up that way, you could. But well, I are the puzzles I, any good? Uh, they're, they're all right. A lot of a lot of trial and error, a lot of adventure gamey stuff. But the I they were teasing just before a certain trade show we'll be talking about here in a bit that the first game was going to come to Steam. Oh. Hmm. Because this is because the third game, Zero Time Dilemma, is also coming to Steam. I think two days after it comes out on 3DS and Vita. Well, what about okay. the second one? Uh, the second one's probably going to follow shortly after. Yeah, okay. I would imagine. Yeah, because you, I mean, you, if you're going to play the third game of a series, it kind of helps to have the first two there as well. Yeah, yeah, sure. And that is a big bummer with DS games is there are a lot of like sequels and newer games coming out on the 3DS that people just can't find the original physical copies anymore. Like, there aren't as many places to buy physical, like, older games. Um, and people are so used to buying digital stuff that you just can't find, like, the originals anymore. Yeah, and they they don't make DS cards anymore. Like, the, there were some sites that were selling, like, this is the last printing ever of this DS game recently. And for whatever reason, third parties have not had the opportunity to go in on the DS Virtual Console Everything that we've gotten in uh, North America so far has been a first-party game. Because yeah. if you, I mean, if it was on Virtual Console right now, I'd say go for it. Especially since, as we're recording this, sadly it won't be the case once this goes live. Uh, the second game is actually on sale on 3DS as and part of a, Nintendo. It's a very weird issue. I, I mean, I don't want to like, throw us into a Virtual Console discussion, but. You don't see a lot of third parties there. You, you see a lot of re-releases of games that are on other systems, on v- other virtual console systems. It's usually just one a week. It's it's pretty weird. Well, Nintendo well, does those all internally, right? Yeah. So they pick the games, they port the games. Yeah. I imagine that they talk to publishers that about the games they want on there. Yeah, I mean, they've sent, they've, uh, I think, I've heard that in some cases Nintendo will actually ask publishers for specific games if they can get them. But yeah, I think, I mean, for, I know for GBA that they're really branching out, like, 
They just had Drulldozer come out the day before we record this, which is a really good DS or a really good GBA game. But yeah, the at this point, I if they wanted to get the DS library and GBA libraries, especially to where they should be, they'd probably have to do multiple release weeks. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree, and we haven't really seen that. It's, I mean, this week it was like Donkey Kong Country two or or three. I forget which one. It, it, it's on the um, uh, 3DS Virtual Console. Uh, well, this this week was well. This oh, week they yeah. actually had three games out on Virtual yeah. Consoles, but it was like Mega Man Seven on 3DS, uh-huh. and then Drill Dozer and Super Paper Mario on Wii. Yeah, I, I think I, th- I was thinking of the week before. I think it was recent, but yeah, it's um some weeks you just get one release, and it's a game that's already been on other Virtual Console systems, and it's kind of. It's kind of like, yeah, this is cool, but I'm ready for something new. But see, I don't even want to. I mean, what can you do? I don't even want to buy anything on Virtual Console anymore because I'm about to buy a new piece of Nintendo hardware. So I don't want to drop like eighty bucks on Virtual Console games on my Wii U if I'm going to get some new system that like has some weird porting process or upgrade fee or God knows what. I think Nintendo needs to get rid of that. I, th- I think it's pretty lame that even for Super Nintendo titles on 3DS that you have to pay um, more for a game that you already have on the Wii, on the Wii U, but <laughs> it's it's really stupid, I-, I think. Like, I understand how they would justify it to themselves, but it still, like, bums me out. Like, come on. I don't think it's even justified. You really need that just- dollar. They they adjusted a few things, but I mean, no, I understand that you have to pay like maybe a dollar to get those kind of features. That's fine, but I'm referring to like I have Super Mario World on Wii and Wii U. I don't need to pay the full eight dollars again to play it on 3ds. Right. That's that's the bad part. So I don't want to I mean, load up on if those. It was just like a dollar, like a dollar fee to transfer. I mean, that's fine. Eight dollars? No, I shouldn't be paying the full price for it again. I think the thing that angers me the most is that the Wii U menu doesn't have like icons for your Wii games. Yeah, like why? Unless you unless you rebuy them or get them as a My Nintendo reward. Right, like that's that's frustrating. Like if I bought this, uh, whoa, what were they called? WiiWare, WiiWare. If I bought this WiiWare game. Like, I own it, I can access it on the system, but it makes me go boot into another menu just so that I can look at it and be like, oh yeah, I have Pokemon Snap. I mean, I'm not going to play it, but I'd like to see it on my home screen just so that I can remember, you know? Yeah, yeah. Aside from booting into, like, a separate home screen. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. anyways, that was a tangent. Uh, Brian, what have you been yeah. doing? Let's see, because I've been, like, into a bunch of games this week. I don't even know why, but, um, I mean, let's see. I started another Fallout 3 game because this time I want to be evil and I want to blow stuff up and it'd be bad. But I only played like the first 10 minutes because I had to pack and, and leave free 3, but yeah, that's probably what I'm going to do soon. Okay, wait. Okay, so you, you went <laughs> to E3. Yeah. And you started with, you, you led with Fallout 3. Yeah, I played Fallout 3 for like a few minutes before um, I went to bed because um, I need to get up early the next day. 
Uh, I, I I bought it for like five dollars off um off Game TZ I think or another site. <laughs> okay, do you want to tell us about E3, which <laughs> sounds a, a a bit more exciting than like you oh, know well, I thought we were Fallout talking about 3. what we were playing this week. And you didn't do play you, anything at E3? Oh, well, I don't know. I played a punch at E3. I can talk about that. I thought we were doing that for another segment. Or we could talk about Fallout 3, I guess. Mm, I'd rather talk about E3, I, I guess. I mean, okay. Fallout 3 is, uh, like, seven years old or whatever, but. Okay, um. <laughs> I mean, I could talk about Zelda. I mean, it, I, that was, like, the last game I played at E3, and. I finally got in after like waiting in line or trying to get in line all day and lines were crazy. Uh, but I finally got in at like a few hours before the show closed and, um, I got through and I played the game and, um, it's a big transition. It's a big, um, switch from, you know, um, Ocarina of Time is the game that set Zelda as far as the 3D kind of stuff goes and, um, games like Wind Waker, Twilight Princess, um, I, I guess a few others, they, they've all kind of emulated Ocarina of Time. Um, this doesn't feel like Ocarina of Time gameplay at all. It feels like something completely new. Um, just being able to explore that world and um, seeing what you could do, uh, collecting items, uh, battling enemies, uh, coming across something you have no idea what it is, but you want to like figure out how to do it, how to like, beat it. Um, that's all really cool. It's, it does feel like an open world. It, it reminds me a lot of the first Zelda. And, and they did, they did explain that, that they did base it off, um, the original Zelda. And it, it, there's that connection because it's an open world. You can go wherever you want. As, I mean, if you don't die, you can go wherever you want. There's no limitations. Unlike in a bunch of previous other games where you had to, do it was a bit more linear, but this is way more open world. I, I mean, they, they've gone on occasion to say, you, you know, if you you can go and beat Ganon in, in like, well, I'm guessing Ganon's the last uh, yeah. boss, but whatever. But yeah, you can go and complete the final boss if you want to, like right away. But um, which I think you can do in, in Zelda One as well. Uh, I'm not sure, but. Um, yeah, it's definitely open world. It's, you can do a bunch of things. A bunch of people came across doing completely different things in, uh, all kinds of different, all kinds of different people got through different things and discovered new things. You know, it's, it's, um, very deep. It's, it's very interesting. I, I'm very interested to see what else is there, what, what the story is, where does it fit into the timeline? Um, you know, things like that, and what other gameplay elements they're going to include. You know, what, what amiibo's gonna, what kind of amiibo's gonna be in there. Um, but yeah, it's, it was a fascinating game. It's definitely the, the best game I, I played at E3. Now, I, I just, uh, oh, sorry, I was just gonna say, I love the attention to detail. Like, I'm what, I'm yes. watching this gif right now of a barefoot link kicking a treasure chest open and actually hurting his foot doing it. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's great. Yeah. It's it's tremendous. I, I just love the attention to detail of just everything. It's it's really fa- it's a big leap from previous games. I mean, what Skyward Sword was the last one, and it's so much different. It's it's fascinating. Now, Brian, you're playing Twilight Princess like pretty recently, right? 
I, I played I played some of it recently, yeah. Now on the new Zelda, how how close like timing wise are like Link's sword swings and stuff? Like I I, I, I phrase that weirdly. Um, how does the the combat timing feel compared to Twilight Princess? Because Twilight Princess it, was really close to Ocarina, but it was still a little different. Is this completely different, or is it kind of close? It feels different, because I think... Like, I forget what button it was, but they did switch the buttons around, so it's not like Whoa. I immediately knew where I had to slash the sword. Or you don't even get a sword. I, I, well, I didn't come across the sword. I came across um, the club. And there's also an axe, I think, you get um, early on. So I used both of those. And maybe it's different with the sword, I don't know, but um, it, it felt completely different from Twilight Princess in terms of gameplay. Did you play any uh, Hyrule uh, Hyrule Warriors? I think I played one stage, I want to say last year at E3, or it might have been Comic-Con, I, I, I don't know, but I, I played it once. Okay. Because that game has a lot of different weapons and stuff, and I wonder yeah. if they kind of were like, oh... It still feels like Link, even though he has a different <laughs> kind of weapon. No, this feels completely different. It, it doesn't feel like any other Zelda game I've played. It's something completely new. Now, so for the whole demo, you're on that plateau. Um, how did they keep you on there? Did you just, like, um, die if you fell off the edge? Because you didn't have the sailcloth thing. Well, no, when you die, when you fall off the ledge, um, you just go back to where you were, and you lose, like, a heart or half a heart. I, I forget. But, um... No, you just wandered around for... I think the demo was that for the first part, you would just wander around for like 15 minutes and just do whatever and come across whatever. And I died a few times because there was a big statue that was in one of the areas. And it like pierced me with a laser. I didn't know how to do it, how to protect myself because you, you get a shield, but um shield breaks and then I died. So, yeah, I, I don't know about that. And then the second part um, is all story mode. It's you, you. You wake up as Link. You you've been asleep for a hundred years. You you hear the lady's voice, and um, she gives you a tablet that um, I guess has some sort of story significance. I I don't know what it is, but um, you use this tablet to pass through and go on to the next um, several areas. And eventually you do go outside and you do meet an old man who, who, and eventually it comes, the story is he wants something, um, he wants you to go through a certain dungeon in order to get something that he wants. And in exchange, he'll show you how to get to Ganon's castle because we see Ganon's cat, well, I think he's called Calamity Ganon here. Ooh. And, um, yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, so you see his castle, like, far away. Um, I think he said that Hyrule Castle has been under siege for the last hundred years. I think that's the story. Uh, so maybe some Link's being asleep has some, is tied to that. I, I don't know. But uh, I know Hyrule Castle is under um, Gan's control. And um, Link, said, well, Link doesn't say, but the old man asks him, you know, do, do you want to go to Gan's castle? And he's like, yeah. And, um, the old man says, well, okay, but you need to get me this from this certain temple, which is like a few feet away. So you go through, you go into that, and I think that's where the, the demo, that's where the demo ended for me. I, I don't know if it, it's, it's all a timing kind of thing. It's, it was a timed, um, the sure. first part was definitely tied. I don't know about the second one, but that's where I left off. 
So it was very interesting. I I want to see more and I want to play more. Now, how many? Who else do you think worked on this game? Like, do you think it was just the Zelda team, or did you feel oh. like someone else helped them? Well, we know for a fact, and I don't know if you read this, but Monolith Soft has a lot of team members working on this. And Oh, really? Because I remember yes. everyone laughing at me when I said that this was going <laughs> to be Xenoblade Zelda, and then they show, like, four days of Xenoblade Zelda. Yeah, well, it, it feels like Xenoblade. I don't want to say it is, but I can see the, the resemblance in, in some ways. Um, it just feels something completely new, though. It feels like there's some Zelda elements, and there, there might be some of Xenoblade, but it feels like a new experience. It's the the, the Chronicles of Zelda Blade. Yeah. <laughs> sure. Because it, it, I think most of the people that I, were t- I was talking to about this, granted I wasn't at the show, said that it felt more like The Witcher, except without the experience points. Yeah, I haven't played The Witcher, so I'm not sure about that. I've been meaning to play that too, but um, just wandering around in, in an open world, you, you kind of get that feeling from, you know, games like uh, just throwing out there, like, the Dragon Age, the newest Dragon Age, I kind of feel, has like that. Um, and yeah, I, I can see The Witcher, it's also an open world kind of deal. The the And Skyrim, you know, open, open world RPGs like that, I, I kind of get that, see that they got influence from, from those kind of games. I can definitely see that. Well, Brian, what did you play anything else that you want to talk about? Um, as far as Nintendo goes, uh, was there anything else? Like, what was their booth like? There was a few, like, it, it, no, it was just a giant Zelda display with a bunch of um, uh, artwork in the front, and then when you get inside, it's it. Well, when you walk inside, the first thing was a theater um, kind of setting, and they show you all this um, footage and how to play and things like that. And once that's over, it the it opens up like the temples, like when you walk into a temple, it kind of, it kind of opened up like that, and then you walk into the actual booth, and that's where all the Zelda themed stuff is at, and. Um, that's where all the gameplay stations were at. So that's how the booth was. But um they didn't they literally had nothing else there, like nothing outside of no. the Zelda booth. No. It was all Zelda. It was all Zelda themed. So did but, it uh, There were other Nintendo games though. I mean I played Sonic Boom, Fire and Ice. Oh. A Sonic a Sonic of Ice and Fire and Knuckles. <laughs> um Knuckles is in there but I didn't play as him. Um I mean I didn't play the first Rise of Lyric on the 3DS. I think that's the title. Um, but, I, I mean, I talked to the Sega PR guy, and he was telling me how this was more action-oriented. And, and that is true. It's definitely more action-oriented. And um, I liked the boss fights, and I liked the... Uh, the, ra- the Not the racing minigun. I didn't play that. But uh, I can confirm that... Um, there is bot pass features and it includes the bot racing minigame in, in some way. I think you collect a certain gem and you get, uh, I think you can customize it. I'm not, I forget exactly, but, um, the platforming is kind of annoying. Um, there's too many different kinds of mechanics you use to get through a level and there was one part of the stage where you had to do 
a bunch of them at the same time, and it was very annoying because you only get about two or three hits before you die. Um, so, um, wait, yeah, I, I didn't really hits like you have a health bar. You don't just drop all your coins or your rings. I think it was both. I'm, I I kind of forget. I just remember I kept dying. I, I think it's rings. Okay. Um, but yeah, I remember just kept dying, and it's like um very tedious. It's very you have to use uh, fire and ice powers to go through a level, and I think in one section you have, like use those powers to uh, make water water turn to ice, and then you had to like press another button quickly to go to the next area and swing through um, ropes. I think they were, and then you immediately had to go back and use another mechanic that you know it's all bam bam bam, and it's I mean. If I played it more and I had more time to play it, I probably would have gone through it eventually. But as somebody who's just, just like walking in and playing it for the first time, and not even playing like the previous game, it, it all felt very daunting and kind of it, it annoyed me a bit. Um, it, it's frustrating. I think frustrating and confusing was the word. Were the word? No, confusing was what I put in the preview. That that's up now. But um, but yeah, I mean. It's not bad, I'm not going to diss it, and it's not like I'm going to uh, say, well, this is Sonic Boom, so of course it's bad. You know, that kind of mentality, but from when I played, it could be better. I would say mm. that. Yeah, I, it, it sounded a lot like the demo of Rise of Lyric that I think is still on the eShop that you can try, but yeah, I, I put a tentative pre-order down on this thing, but I am, it's gonna have a hair trigger, especially considering it's coming out at the end of September, which that month is absolutely oh, loaded for me. It's crazy that month. Wait, why did you pre-order it? <laughs> um, it was on a discount deal. Like, I get 20% off any pre-order I do at E3. Oh. And mm. I, I kinda wanna support the developer, but the, like, like, the Wii U game was an abortion. Uh, 3DS game was okay, but not really worth spending a lot of money on. And this sounds a little bit like more of the same. So th- this one, it's like a, a 2D Sonic, like the first 3DS one was. Yeah. Okay. Well, Brian, did you play anything good that like we might have missed that we should keep our eye on? What's that? Did you play anything good that we might have missed that we should keep our eye on? Um, what else? Um, Bloodstained is it was really cool. And that's coming to the Wii U. What's yeah, that? Um, the Castlevania game. Oh, the one from like uh, Kickstarter. Yeah. yeah. Okay. That one. Um, that really felt like a um an HD Castlevania game, but it's it has kind of like those gameplay elements, but at the same time it felt really new and it felt different and yeah i really enjoyed playing that um Final Fantasy 15 i also played which um the boss fight was okay i i mean i again it's one of those situations where i need to get used to controls and all that and this kind of like throws you into a boss fight out of nowhere but um i got the hang of things it, it, it was pretty good um yeah not, not much more to say about that it it really looks and feels modern. It doesn't feel like a game that's been in development for ten years. So, so that's kind of a good thing. I'm so tired of Final Fantasy 15. <laughs> well, get ready because there's like 15 different spinoffs that they're going to push oh. over the next the, few months. 
one of them is like a GameStop exclusive pre-order bonus. Yeah, and one of them like, is a virtual reality shooting game. Yeah, yeah. There, there's a bunch of stuff. There's a movie. I think there's an anime. Um, there's I, there's a 2D brawler, which I think is the GameStop ex- exclusive. I'm I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, there's the VR part, um, which is I think like you play as one of the other characters, and it's not that interesting. Um, I didn't play it, but that's what I've heard. Um, yeah, there's a bunch of stuff. They they want they're going all out on this game, and they want to make sure it sells a bunch of copies because I think they kind of need to. They they need to make some money back on this game because it's been in development since I was still in university. That was ten years ago. Yeah. I I was a senior in high school. You guys are old. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we are. Yeah. Sadly, yeah. no. Um. Yeah. Well, I Brian, do you have anything else for me? Three, you want to tell us about? Hmm. No, just that I had a great time with the staff, and um, I'm looking forward to Zelda big time. It, that demo was really great, and it's probably the best game I played over there. Uh, oh, I also played I Am Setsuna, which is I only played like a few minutes, but I did feel like an older um, style RPG, which which I like because it keeps things simple. <laughs> I just like games that keep it simple. But but yeah, um, I had a great time over there. Um, I, I I always enjoy going to E three, so I am definitely thinking of going again next year. It's it was pretty fun. Yeah, it's I've always wanted to go. Someday I'll go. Hopefully, yeah. I make it there before it like ends forever, because it's I don't know. Why do I keep hearing that rumor? Like E three is going to close. I mean. Seventy thousand people came this year. It's that's it. I mean, I mean you, you do get you do get that feeling though that other companies are pulling out. I mean, Activision wasn't there. I don't think EA had a booth th- this year. I mean, EA had you, their you own event. The, oh yeah, yeah. Well, that's true. They had their um, stream at the start of the show at the start of the week. But I mean, it's well, you, you know, it's it's a weird situation because you do see other companies pulling out. And they just want to kind of do their own thing. And um, I think a lot of people were turned off when Nintendo did their announcements. And, I mean, understandably so, because, you know, nobody had seen Zelda. And yeah. people were wondering, like, what the hell is Nintendo thinking? Like, what's going Why are they only showing one game? Why why did they delay the NX? You, you know, things things like that. But, you, but after the show ended, I mean, what was the game everybody was talking about? Zelda. Yeah. So, but, so I mean, they they kind of won the conference, the show there with that kind of mentality. But I just I would have been bummed if I spent like a bunch of money on a ticket and I took off work. Oh yeah. And sure. I got a hotel and I went there and got to play Zelda for thirty minutes. And like that's true. I mean, it's for somebody like me who lives four hours away. It wasn't that big of a deal. I only went for. Well, I actually got there early um, when I arrived, so I did spend a few hours there on Wednesday, but I only spent one full day on Thursday, and that's all I really needed. I mean, going there for three days is... Especially if you're a site covering Nintendo, and you're somebody who's not in the state. I mean, I totally understand why you wouldn't go. I mean, it's, it's I don't think it's cost-productive. Pr- I, 
I don't think so anyway. Yeah, I'm not booking anything as far as E3 travel next year until I have proof that Nintendo is bringing yes. more than a single game. Well, we'll... We'll talk about what they're bringing next year after the break, but first I'm going to tell you about what I've been playing, which isn't very much, but I should have gone before <laughs> Brian because Brian had the, the best. Um, so I beat that Strider game I was playing, and I was very satisfied. Um, I was kind of bummed because I like saved outside of the final like area, and I was like, I'm having so much fun. I'm excited to continue playing this game. Uh, and when I came back the next time, I went to the final area, and it was like, if you go here, you can never return. And I was like, no, no, I'm at the end of the game already. Like, I don't know. It. I was kind of surprised that it ended, but it was still good. I was happy with it. Um. Uh. Then I got Settlers of Catan on my phone, which isn't like a, you know, the games that we kind of normally talk about on here, but it's a board game on my phone, and I play it online with people, like people that I know. And it's nice because it's hard to get, like, a bunch of people in a room to play a board game that requires a decent amount of setup. Yeah. So it's it's cool. It's well done. I hate all the AI. They're all, like, really good at the game. Very <laughs> aggressively try to trade with you. Like, if you say no, then they'll try to trade with you again, like, immediately afterwards. <laughs> um, I don't know if either of you guys have ever played Settlers of Catan, but... I've heard of the name. Is it like a... Is it like a board game or what is it? Yeah, exactly? yeah it's a it, it's a board game. Um, and is this for uh, Windows or something or phone or? No, it's uh, it's a board game. I got the it's... app on my phone. Oh, okay. Oh, it's a board game. Okay. Yeah, I think there's also a 360 version of it, but I don't know how active it would be right now. But Probably yeah. not very. <laughs> yeah, it's a it's a very fun board game. Um, but yeah. it's kind of expensive. Like the base set is like fifty bucks, but oh, the wow. yeah, but the app was like four dollars. Hmm. So that was like way worth it. I mean, I have the base set. I got it for Christmas, but I don't really want to like, you know, bring that to other people's houses while there's like pizza and drinks around. Like, oh, let's spill stuff on your fifty dollar game. Like, no, we're gonna set that <laughs> aside, yeah. keep it nice, and then you yeah, guys the can old- buy the app. Yeah, the only place I've really played it actually was at a at a special cafe in my area that actually has nothing but board games in it. Yeah. So so getting stuff spilled on it, well, that's not my problem. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fun. Um and then I I've had PlayStation Plus since like it came out. So I have just a random collection of games that I've never heard of. Uh so I turned on my PS4 and I was like, what should I play? And I was scrolling through it. I keep forgetting what this game is called, so I gotta, I pulled it up here. Okay, it's Nova 111, or Nova 111, or something like that. Um, but it's really cool. You're this really cute little spaceship, and the whole world is grid-based. And you like, every time you move one, all the enemies and the puzzles and stuff move one. Um, and it's kind of like affordable space adventure where you're a spaceship in space and you keep like upgrading your ship and you have to use your upgrades to get past the obstacles. Um, but everything is on this really weird, like turn-based system where most enemies will only move when you move. But every once in a while you'll get an enemy that like is on a little timer and then like it'll explode or it'll shoot when its timer is done. Um, so you have to do your 
turn quickly so that you don't get blown up, but then, like, the other enemies will attack you while you're trying to do that, so... Um, it's really cute, and I like it, and if anyone has it, like, I would definitely recommend playing it. Um, I don't know how much it is on the store or anything, but I'm having fun with it. And I, I seen it, yeah, we have, it actually came out on Wii U last year as well, so that, that hmm. is an option, and it, and because of it's a curved digital game, when they do a sale, they really do a sale, so might you might be able to get it cheap in a couple of weeks, for all we know. Cool. Yeah, I might try that out. That sounds it sounds something like I, I'll give it a try at least. Yeah, I don't know how much farther I'll get. Like it, I played it for a few hours today, and it started to get a little hard. Um, and if it gets too hard, I'll, I'll probably just stop playing it. Um, <laughs> but for now, I plan on like probably playing it after we get out here. Cool. Well, anyways, that's what we've been doing, and we're going to take a break. And when we get back, we have a prediction from a listener for next year's E3, and then we'll talk about next year's E3 ourselves. We have an E3 2017 prediction from Citizen Ryan 82 on Twitter. Uh, Donald, do you want to read that? All right. Uh, E3 2017 predictions. LXNX still isn't released, but will be shown with Zelda Breath of the Wind and Metroid NX is shown for the first time. Also, Mother 3 is finally revealed as an NX exclusive. It will be sold in the eShop and as part of a physical bundle with Mother 1 and 2. Hmm. I think the NX will come out when when they said it was, when, which is March. I fully believe that because just by playing Zelda, I think that game is close to being done. And they've already kind of delayed the NX from this year to early next year. So I don't think it's going to get another delay. I mean, I, I could be wrong, but that, that's just my feeling on it. I think that it wasn't ready and they said March... 
just because they they said fiscal year 2016. Yeah. So, you know, March is when the fiscal year ends, so sure. I could see it slipping, but they it's definitely possible. wouldn't want it to slip. I I think it's going to come out and we're going to wish it didn't. Kind of like the 3DS did and the Wii U. Except yeah, except this time the except this time they'll have that they'll have the double carrot of Zelda and something else, maybe Smash Brothers, maybe a Mario. Although they said that the Mario game is going to be at E3 next year, so who knows? Um, Did they say that there's going to be a new Mario game next year? Um, Miyamoto kind of sort of confirmed it in the same way he confirmed that Pikmin Four was in development. Mm. It's like he basically said, "Yeah, we we've got we're thinking of something different with Mario, and we hope to bring it here next year." Hmm. I mean, the problem with I mean, I don't want to like call out Miyamoto here, but. Um, for many years, he said the same thing about Pikmin Three, and it took a long time for that game to come out. So I mean, they might. They, I'm sure they have something in development. It's not that, but I don't know if we'll see it like next year. It's always possible, but I don't like fully believe it yet. I just love that Miyamoto just kind of says things. Like when he yeah. was <laughs> when he was on the Zelda stream, like whoever was playing was running around like na- naked Link. And Miyamoto is like, oh yeah, this is funny. You can go and fight Ganon in your underwear if you want. <laughs> and someone and he, gave him like a look like, ha ha ha. Like, again, it's the boss, I guess. Yeah, and he did that on the Pokemon Go stream on day two of E3 this year, too. Like, he kind of let slip that the Pokemon Go Plus is going to be out at the end of July. Oh, yeah. And Nintendo was like, we're aiming for July. Uh, well, tell oops. that to Amazon. They're taking pre-orders for it in July. Yeah. yeah. I have no interest in... I mean, I have interest in Pokemon Go, but I don't have any interest in a thingamit bob or, or whatever it is. I don't know what, what it does. It's an accessory. It's a dongle. Oh. Okay, so on Pokemon Go, you're supposed to stare at your phone all day, and Pokemon will show up while you walk around, yeah. and then you catch them. But if you have the thing, it lights up, and you just push the button, oh. and it catches it. Yeah. That's nice. You can play the game, but you don't even have to play the game to play the game. Yeah. It's pretty cool. I'm totally getting well, one. Or like, gonna... the idea sounds cool, but what do you do after you catch the Pokemon? What, what can you do? I mean, that's, like, my question. Um, You can place them in gyms or use them to battle gyms. Um, mm-hmm. And you can combine them to evolve them. You need, like, ten Squirtles to get a Wartortle or something. Hmm. You play Pokemon. You collect them and you battle them. and You try and be a Pokemon okay. master. It seems kind of like... I mean, do you like set up gyms in hometowns and, and stuff? Because it kind of sounds like what a Pokemon MMO might kind of be. Yeah. yeah that's my, like... Yeah, it's a Pokemon thought. MMO. Um, yeah, so there will be a gym, like... Uh, the post office down the street will be a gym. Um, with Ingress, every government building was... Mm-hmm. Uh, portal the day it came out and i feel like they might use those portals again to just be the gyms uh, or sure. they might just start off with like the government building because they're publicly owned so you can go there and play the game or whatever like you're allowed to do that was their reasoning i'm just thinking like it would be hard for like people to collect everything because um you have to like go out like again i guess somebody who does like me who doesn't like to go out doesn't like that idea, but um, 
yeah, it seems kind of hard to collect them all. I mean, I the I guess the goal wouldn't be to catch them all, but to just kind of play the game and try to collect as many Pokemon as you, as you can. Yeah, it was nice of them. They said that they were going to phase in more generations as they went. So it's kind of nice that we're just starting with like a realistic number of Pokemon to catch. Uh, is it like just the first 151? Yeah, they're and then they're going to release more gens down the line. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Getting, getting back that... to like next okay. year's E3 though, uh sure. what what do we see coming out of uh, above N- Nintendo next year, assuming they have more than one game again? Mm. I it's, I don't I, know. I think it's going to be uh, Mario. Sure. Yeah. It's going to be I would imagine that there has to be some sort of Mario shown there. They might do two Marios again. I know the N64 came out with Mario and Mario Kart. Maybe yeah. that would be an, like an easy port to just make Mario Kart nine or Mario Kart nine, and be like, "Hey, look, it's Mario Kart. It's a new one." No, I, th- I think they'd want to have that as like second Christmas because I think I think next year we're gonna have more than one game because it's gonna be really weird when the NX that makes its A3 debut when it's already in the hands of real people. Yeah. But I think we're probably going to see, like, I think we'll find out that Splatoon is the big, like Splatoon 2 or whatever is the big game of the show because it's the big holiday game for for the next console. But I also think we're going to see hardware there because I think they're going to need to roll out a 3DS successor at that time as well. I still I think th- that we're getting the 3DS successor in March and the Wii U successor in, at Christmas. But a lot of people Man. disagree with me. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Wii U schedule the rest of the year, they are taking that thing up back and giving it the old yellow treatment. There's, they can't, they have one game after June 24th for the Wii U. Paper and, Mario. Yeah, and mm. then next year they've got Zelda, but that's also coming out on the NX. So, yeah. So I think there's no chance in hell that the, this thing is a handheld at this point. I don't know. I don't know. No matter how many facts you throw I, at me, you can't defeat my made-up facts in my head. Yeah, it's kind of like me and Final Fantasy XV being delayed another six months. You really think it's going to be delayed again? I I thought they were going to announce it at E3. I, th- I think that's kind of impossible, given the fact that there's already been so many delays and... It's, they basically they, they bought Los Angeles to advertise yeah, this thing. There was advertising everywhere for that game. Yeah, I, it would be crazy. They did it was delayed again. They did have that live demo that totally sucked. Like that guy was fighting that giant boss, and he just kept getting hit and dying, and it didn't look that's like what, that's what happened to me. <laughs> it didn't look like he was having any fun. Yeah, but he put it. They put it up on the internet on the big screen for everyone in the whole world to see. Like, look at how little fun this employee of ours is having playing this game <laughs> like it just made me like ah i don't like want to slog I didn't through mind that the, the, i didn't mind that demo a ton but i don't know why you would do that one it, it was it was it wasn't bad but it, it's like you need to ease it more you need to ease people more into the, what the game is not just a big boss battle and it was confusing. Like, they were hitting it for a while, but they were just losing a lot. And then they froze it, and right when they froze it, it died. And it was like, yeah. why didn't you just freeze it earlier? You know how to play this game. You made this game. Well, I tried using Blizzara at first, and nothing really happened. But 
I just thought there was like one point in the boss battle where it just says, you use Blizzara. So I did, and then it died. So, I don't know. But yeah, next year, I think, I think it'll be Mario. Just because it's been a long time since 3D World. It's been a long time since Galaxy. Um, it's time. It's time for Mario. Um, yeah. Because Splatoon 2, I think that'll be with Mario Kart and kind of like the... Look, we have a bunch of like second tier games, you know, like maybe Donkey Kong Country Returns 3 or a Metroid. Like, Splatoon, I don't I think don't could think carry. Be... I wouldn't call Splatoon a B tier franchise yeah, at this point, though, I because. Either. Well, Nintendo. It did really well. No, that's fine. Nintendo does well with everything, but their top three are Mario, Zelda, and Pokemon. Those are their, their yeah. A's. And then their second tier would be like Mario Kart, Splatoon, um, I don't know, maybe Mario Party. I don't know how those sell any well or anymore. Not, not yeah. anymore. Okay, not anymore. But you know what you I might mean. Add, there, you could probably say the second tier, I guess, would be Splatoon and Splatoon and Fire Emblem. Oh yeah, yeah Fire, Fire Emblem. Emblem. Fire Emblem's up there now. I mean, I didn't think that. Um, I thought people were going to be turned off by the, the last one because there's like two different games, but um, they did really well. People still like Fire Emblem here, so that's cool. I like Fire Emblem too, so works you know, for me. You know what? I bet that it's gonna be next year at Nintendo's booth. We're gonna see like Final Fantasy 15 and Persona 5, and like I don't know whatever whatever mm. was whatever was shown this year is gonna be shown next year at Nintendo's it's- booth. I personally think it's going to take a lot for third parties to get back to the Wii U. I mean, not Wii U, um, NX. Because you did hear um, Ubisoft announce a new Just Dance for the NX, and that's kind of like the first game, aside from um, Zelda, that we know for the NX. And when I heard that, I just, just kind of get that feeling like, yeah, but... Yeah, they're going to go with Just Dance, but is Ubisoft like really going to go with other games or? Yeah, and how's and how's it, that going to work on a handheld? I don't. That's know. why it's not a handheld. Yeah, uh-huh. uh, there you go. I I still think as far as NX goes, I think it's going to be um, a home console, but with like a controller that can kind of serve as like a portable system. That, that's my mentality on that still. Yeah, Could that's be wrong, but that's why I think. I believe that. Because you did hear those rumors last year that it was going to be two separate things, and it, there was a portable console and there was a home console, but they're going to delay one. But I think it's they're both one system, and you could detach the controller and um, have it be a portable. I, I don't know how that would work, but. That would probably seem to be the best bet, probably. As long as I can go, as long as I can put it in standby for a full day and not lose two bars of battery yeah. on the portable, I'm good. But I, yeah, it's it's hard. It's so hard to predict a year out because I mean we have like 98 percent of what we know or of what we should know going in if we're trying to do E3 predictions. We don't know right now just because. The NX is going to be so different, and we know that the 3DS probably has two games for 2017 at this point, and then 
what else are they going to do? So they're well, going to have to iterate on it. Well, here let's let's, let's go back to Citizen Ryan's question. Do you guys think that we'll see Metroid for NX next year? Maybe something. I mean, I know there's a huge backlash um, over Federation Force, and I think even Nintendo knows that. So they might try to do something to where they would please Metroid fans by doing something. Um, maybe at least a tease at most. But um, but yeah, um, I think I think Nintendo was really surprised by just how big the backlash was over a Federation Force, and it's. Kind of unwarranted, because I played uh, the demo at last year's E3, and it wasn't bad at all. Like, that was a minigame. Um, hmm. You know... Yeah, I think I, we're going to... Yeah, I think we'll see something from... I think we'll see something from Retro yeah. at E3 next year, so you but think I don't... Donkey Kong I, Country Returns 3? Um, I think in terms of priority, I've got Retro with a new IP, then Donkey Kong, then Metroid. Oh. Yeah. Now, what do you think we'll see first? Do you think we'll see a 2D Metroid or a 3D Metroid first? After Federated th- Force? Uh, 3D. Yeah. I don't, unless they're gonna, unless they're really doubling down on smaller game development on this thing as well, I don't think they can get away with charging retail price for a 2D Metroid on a console in this day and age. Yeah, that is true. I mean, Super Metroid takes like two hours to beat. It does? I didn't know that. Yeah, isn't, I, I, don't, I, I, don't you have to beat it under under three hours to like get the good ending? Yeah, but that's like when you get the good ending. I, I mean, if it's, you're playing it for like the first time, it wouldn't take two hours. Probably take a little bit more. Yeah, the first time it took me like a, a really long time. Yeah, and once you with those kind of games, if you beat it a few times, yeah, you you can do it in a really quick time. But um, yeah. I mean, I don't see the new Metroid being a 2D game, even though I would kind of like that, because um, last few 2D Metroid games were really awesome. But uh, I, I think they know what direction they're going with Metroid, and it's mo- most likely 3D. I, I don't know. I, I'm putting my money down on uh, Federation Force 2. will <laughs> be the, the next Metroid game. Yeah, because uh, I, I, that's another interesting variable, though. Like, if they put out Metroid and it doesn't sell, or Federation Force and it doesn't sell well at all, I mean, that can kind of be like the thing where Nintendo goes, oh, well, you don't really want to support Metroid, so no more Metroid games. S- something like that. That can be kind of scary the, and kind of piss off fans. The I, the only reason I could see them not doing that, honestly, after the Aonuma, we don't have a female link because of reasons stuff this year i don't think they'll ever retire metroid just because it's like one of the few strong female led series that they have at this point i would i would would agree with that yeah especially in the stage i but they do have splatoon now with the with the female inkling being the one that's dominant yeah i i I sort of see where you're coming from but I'm those are I mean that's a generic character whereas Samus like what they did with it in other M or not has a defined character. Yeah. But that's what they they started like a, a comic series in Japan. Um we don't know what's in store in Splatoon 2. It could have a story mode. Um like they could run with that character if they feel like they can't 
be successful with Metroid, and they're like, oh, well, we have this female character, Inklina, or whatever they want to name her. Sure. Um, I mean, yeah, um, I, I don't, now that you mentioned that, I don't think they're going to, um, tire Metroid. I, I mean, Samus is a really strong, good female character, and, um, yeah, I, I can see, I can see her being in more games in the future, but I just don't see I mean, I can see Nintendo being upset over the whole Federation Force thing and maybe not do one for a while. And then I also, there's also like that thing with Star Fox and that, I, I don't know how Star Fox on the last one, zero, I don't know how sales did, but you kind of get that vibe that didn't do that well and there's probably not, like I don't want to say there's no future in Star Fox, but it's kind of questionable now. Yeah, it, I mean, it charted in the first month in the in the U.S., but not all that well, and yeah. it's pretty much dropped off like a rock since. Although, I've heard I, of people getting forty dollars for trade for its Delso around here, so it's got to be holding its value somewhat. Sure, but um, yeah, I just kind of see people getting um turned off by um. Federation forcing just kind of seeing Nintendo going like, well, I guess you don't want to see more Metroid either. <laughs> I mean, even, even though like like the overall discussion is, we want to see Samus, we want to see we, we want a proper Metroid Prime game or just a proper Metroid game in general. And Nintendo kind of went in this direction, and it's kind of like I, I can kind of understand people being mad, but um, yeah, it's. It's a weird situation with Metroid right now. I, I think that's easy to say. So you guys don't think that Metroid Prime 4 is going to show up next year? If it does, it'll be like... A, I don't think it'll be like playable or anything, but I think we might get like a hint of something coming up in the Metroid series. I don't know if it's like going to be 4 or Metroid Prime 4. It might be something completely new, but I mean, who knows? But if I had a guess, I would say in some form, yeah. Yeah, I think if we see a... I don't think we're going to see a Metroid Prime, but if there may be a Metroid there somewhere. Like, yeah. do you think it'd be a different studio, or do you think it'd be retro? It'd be a different studio, because the people... At, well, let's put it this way. The people who made Metroid Prime are now making games for KG and Afune, Oh, which should say a lot. Really? That's... Weird. Yeah, yeah. They went on to form Armature, and they're yeah. making Recore right now for Microsoft, and with okay. help with KG and Afune. Well, so they are are they they weren't the ones behind my number nine, right? Right. That was a okay. that was Inafune with uh, Inti Creates. Although yeah. I I think that was heavily Inafune anyway. Yeah. Huh. That was one game I wanted to play at E3, but uh, lines were pretty long, so I didn't get in line. I've heard positive things. I think. Eh, I, I played a no? backer. I played a backer beta from a friend of mine, and it it didn't play well. And I don't think. And most of what they were fi- they delayed it for was to fix bugs. So that's probably mm. pretty accurate as to what it's going to end up being. I could no. see maybe a Kid Icarus two showing up. Did the first one sell that well? 
Not really, but it sold well for how many 3DSs it sold at the time. I, I guess I guess it depends on the mood. I guess of Nintendo of of, uh, of Japan or whatever, because you know nobody was really asking for like a new Luigi's Mansion, for example. I mean, maybe there's that's just me because I never got into that series. But when I heard that there's a new Luigi's Mansion now, I was kind of like, what? But, yeah, I mean, I could see another Kid Icarus, sure. Um, I guess it all depends on um, what Sakurai wants to do, because I think he's kind of um, heading that series right now. Yeah, he said he didn't want to do another one, but he mm, says that every okay. time he makes a game. He's like, oh, I never want to make I, one of those again, but he's made like... Yeah, I, I, I feel bad for him, because he always talks about how he works out very hard, and I think... I heard a bunch of stuff about how his health was towards the end of these um, Smash Brothers games. So, kind of felt bad for him. But, oh well. Now, one big thing that's been going on with different console people, or different console makers, is uh, they're starting to add in mods. And Like, there was the, the new version of Skyrim is going to support mods on consoles. Do you guys think that the NX will ever support mods? Um, I think, I think they'll have the hooks in there because one of the things that's been heavily rumored about the NX is that it's very easy to port from PS4 and Xbox One. So I'm thinking that support comes along for the ride, but that would definitely go a long way to getting people who maybe aren't so technically competent like Bethesda into the NX because they know that people can fix the games for them. You know what, though? I don't see Nintendo making mods for their own games, though. They're way too protective of their IPs to do that. Way too protective. I I don't see that at all. Yeah, it's it's not a matter of Nintendo offering. It's that they give that ability for third parties to use it. Yeah, sure. Yeah. I can see that. Because mods are very, like... PC game thing, like, uh, you know, when you think of PC games, you think of, like, big open-world games, um, just things that are kind of endless already, so you just add mods and play it more, but Nintendo games are usually, like, single-player adventures, so you don't really mod those a lot. Sure. Yeah. But, um, I, third parties are, it's gonna be interesting in the next system, because, are people going to be interested? In, well, I, I think we kind of talked about this already, but I, I, I'm not sure if everybody's going to, I think people will jump on, bro, on board at first because it's a new system and there's always that hope. And I'm sure Nintendo's going to show something that people will be interested in, but do I see it happening in six months after the release? I, I mean, that's, that's the question, I, I think, because I think the Wii U always, not the Wii, uh, Wii U, um, the Wii, had some strong th- third-party support, but it was in other ways, not exactly like uh, killer ports uh, of 360 or PS3 games. But yeah, because uh, they I, couldn't handle it. Yeah, but if if um if they can port uh, PS4 and Xbox One games over to Wii U with, to um, NX, I think that might be um, in their favor. I think that might help a lot with third-party stuff because I mean you don't see any ports from um, PS3, uh, PS4, or whatever to Wii U because I think it's structured differently. I mean, I I don't know like the big time technical details, but 
Um, there's a lot of stuff on Wii U that, or a lot of stuff on, uh, PS4 and Xbox One or PS3 and 360 that aren't on the Wii U. Um, well, the problem is that they tried some of that when the Wii U came out and those things sold like crap. That like, too. I mean, you, you had a, I mean, you had a, two Assassin's Creed games, two Call of Duty games that were straight ports from the 360 and PS3 versions and they tanked. Yeah, but that's not fair because the the first Assassin's Creed game was it didn't come out later on the Wii U by like two weeks, and then the second Assassin's Creed game launched on like more powerful consoles at the same time, didn't they? Yeah, the, that was Black Flag, and that was also on PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah, those were launch games for that. So it's yeah. Like, I mean, Wii U got Watch Dogs, but it was six months late. Was yeah. it was it only six months late? Yeah, it felt like longer. But yeah, I think I think what Nintendo has to do, like they have to show strength with this thing out of the gate, and they have to have a basically a turnkey solution that an intern can port something from PS4 or Xbox One because, despite what happened at E3 this year, it seems like the consoles are still going to support the current PS4 and Xbox One for several years. Yeah. The the intern basically needs to be able to do that with an afternoon. They also yeah. need to find a way of getting third parties back into Nintendo and going, you know, there is a reason why you should port our, your stuff into the NX and here's why. They need to find a reason because I can see there, there, there's a reason why third party support dropped off quickly for NX, for um, Wii U because... Um, nobody bought Assassin's Creed or Watch Dogs or any of these games, so it's it's a tough sell. I, I mean, even for a new system, it's I'm sure we'll get some third party stuff. I'm sure we will get some mainstream stuff, but um, how how do you su- keep supporting that after? I, I mean, are these ports going to sell? I mean, that's the big question. It's how can you make these cost productive for for third third parties to actually put these games on? Nintendo system again. The only way is to, like, do it for them. Yeah, like hammer at home. Yeah, like if Nintendo puts up a lot of money to bring games over. Yeah, because it's like, well, yeah, they showed off. I mean, I remember seeing the games, first um, third-party games for Wii U, which was like a Batman game, I think Mass Effect 3, uh, maybe one or two that I forget about. But um, I saw those in the trailer. I think it was for when they first showed off the, the Wii U. But then I never Nintendo talk about them again. So I, it's kind of like, yeah, uh, I, I do. I kind of get why these games didn't sell because Nintendo didn't go out of their way to really promote them. It's just, oh yeah, you can play these games too if you want. Yeah, I don't know, man. They devoted a lot of time at their twenty twelve at their last E three press conference in twenty twelve to. Batman Arkham City's coming, and here's why it's playable on Wii U a year later, and here's Zombie U, this original game from Ubisoft, which ended up getting ported to PS4 and Xbox One. Yeah. It, wasn't it uh, I forget free on PlayStation Plus recently? It was. Yeah. Really? I forget. I didn't know. Yeah, a friend of mine called me, and he was like, dude, like, you should go look at the... At the PlayStation Store, there's this total ripoff of Last of Us. Like, I can't believe it. It's just there. Go look at it. And I pull it up, and I was like, you're talking about the zombie game? And he's like, yeah. And I was like, that game came out before The Last of Us. 
I was, <laughs> was so upset with them. Like, no one knew about that game. Like, hmm. I, I don't remember a single commercial for it. I, I, I heard that Zombie um, was, in develop, was in development for PS4 and Xbox One, but I didn't, I didn't hear it got released. Yeah, it came out la- about this time last year. It was uh, oh. a download-only game. I think it was like 15 bucks. Okay. Yeah, I can imagine why it's kind of like a very old... Well, not very old, but kind of old uh, game from a few years ago. So yeah, I, I can see why they went that route. Um, but yeah, Nintendo needs to promote things because they're not just promoting like someone else's game. They're promoting their own console. And if yeah. people don't get their console, then even if they promote their own games, like people won't buy them if they don't have the console. It's it's a tough sell because I mean I could just see people going, well, yeah, this is cool, but I can play this game on the PS4 I already have, so they don't buy the NX version. I, I can see that still. It's it's very tough because I mean, what can you do to get these people into going well? Now I want the NX version, or I want, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a tough thing to do, but um, I kind of wish Nintendo knew what to do, because I would kind of, if I could only have one system, it would be whatever Nintendo is, but it's tough, because there's not, there's not really any third-party support for the Wii U, I mean, there's not, it's always been weaker in comparison to what Xbox and what PS, and what Sony has, so... Um, they kind of need to do something. I, I don't know what. Um, but yeah, it's tough. Well, anyways, I'm sure that next E3 will be very nice, and uh, we will all say nice things about it. Um, it's confirmed to be happening, so <laughs> it we'll, is. We'll see who's there. That that's more than I gave them credit for, honestly. We'll see who's there. I I mean, I'm sure. Um, Xbox, PlayStation, and Nintendo will all be there, but in what form? It's it's always interesting for Nintendo because they keep doing different things each year, which, I mean, is kind of cool, but at the same time, it's kind of like, I, I, I just wish kind of at a conference. That would be kind of cool, but, I mean, it's Nintendo. It's They always have to be different, and most of the time it's a good thing, and sometimes it's not. Nintendo. Well, do you guys have anything else to add? Nope. Yeah. I, I don't want to even think about E3 right now until about uh, April of next year. Yeah. I, I, I hope Nintendo has pl- sets out their plans earlier than what came out uh, this year. I, I th- when did they announce that they weren't going to do um, like, like, like uh, they were only going to show Zelda? Was that it was like May? It was very late in April. It was when they did their financial results. Yeah. I think it would be more beneficial if they did that at the start of the month as opposed to the late April. Because people need to make plans. And if you're not, if you're only going to show one game, then it's like, well, kind of need to change these plans. Especially if you're out of state and stuff like that. Or out of country. Yeah, true. Or out of planet. What, are you not from this earth? I'm actually uh, on the fucking sun. Oh, it is. V- then you're. It's kind oh, of hot gosh. out there right now, isn't it? It is. 
It is. I don't know what it oh. is in uh, Celsius, but Fahrenheit, it's it's uh, it's fucking hot. Mm, yeah. Maybe, maybe put on some sunscreen or or something. Some sunscreen. Sure. <laughs> I don't know how effective that would be up here on the sun. Mm, it's worth a shot. <laughs> All right. Um, I guess we should probably end the episode. Um, so I'm Adam. There's also Donald and Brian. Um, you should send your listener mail to connectivity at nintendoworldreport.com. Um, and tweet at us. Oh shit. Do you guys know at the Twitter? ConnectivityNWR. There you go, Donald. At ConnectivityNWR. Um, it- and hey, if you liked what you heard, and how could you, uh, you can kick on over to patreon.com slash NWR and, uh, throw a few, throw a few dollars a month our way to keep pumping out new and exclusive content. Yeah, thank you, Donald. Yep. Uh, and I'm pretty sure that you're allowed to pick topics for us too. So, uh, sometimes we don't pick very good ones, so maybe suggest some over there for us. Yeah, and there's also a, uh, if, if you want to go back in the archives a little bit, there's also an exclusive podcast there for Patreon listeners. Or for Patreon donators. Alright. Yep. Yeah. That sounds good. I mean, that's, that's awesome. Like, yeah. I really enjoy doing the Patreon only podcast, so give that a listen. It's, it's great. Well, thank you everyone for listening. We promise Nick will be back. Uh, he didn't actually die. Um, so, bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. Bye. job team awesome you did it not not bad does someone have a does someone have a dog yeah that's me (laughs) oh my gosh i love dogs what kind of dog what does he look like he's like a pitbull boxer mix (gasps) oh my gosh what's his name bowser (laughs) oh oh that's great